Hey, Jason, while I'm setting up, man, what, what's the uh, internal temperature of a Tauntaun? Uh, I have no clue. Lukewarm. <laughs> hey, 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 Jason, what's well, the, I, what's the um, hairiest side of a Ewok? Uh, I don't know. The outside. <laughs> hey, hey, Jason. What? How does the how does uh, Han Solo start the Millennium Falcon? Oh, I gotta think like a dad here. Uh, I don't know. With a Wookie. Oh, uh, <laughs> dad jokes. <laughs> oh, I got one more. What's this that? Is a, this is a newer one. What What did the Mandalorian tell the child when he wanted a drink before bed? I don't know what. I can bring you in warm milk, or I can bring you in cold. Oh, <laughs> uh, start the show. <laughs> this is the way. We wanted men. Welcome to another edition of the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. I believe this is edition number 20, but I don't know till I start putting stuff in the computer. So 20 shows down, that's pretty daggum impressive. So Jason, how are you doing this morning, man? I'm doing much better now that we've gone through some dad jokes. <laughs> oh, I love bugging my daughter with those and I get her with one every time I, I, I look at her. She gets really annoyed with me when I'm telling them. And then I go, hey, hey, Kaya, what what kind of bees give you milk? And then she looks at me and smiles and goes, boobies. <laughs> you know what the problem with uh, Wookiee cookies are? What? They're a little chewy. <laughs> yeah. I love a good dad joke, man. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Oh, jeez. There's, not, there's nothing better than an eye roll from a teen. Mm-hmm. That fuels me. Yes. It so. is. It's amazing. Uh, so how was your week, man? It was good. Um, I can't complain about, well, I can complain, actually. Did you order the Dinjajarin vintage collection from Walmart? I did year? not. I Did yours get canceled? Yes. Oh, the, yeah, I don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let it go jason let this it go the, I, I get, yeah like this is gonna be my therapy because i get it these are toys it's not we're not saving the world we're not feeding the hungry you know these are just stupid toys but at the same time they're stupid toys and it shouldn't be this difficult to order a stupid toy i mean we ordered this thing back in october as pre-orders and 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 this week when they're supposed to be shipped out, all these orders got, I shouldn't say all of them, because for some reason, some people who did pre-order got theirs, while others like myself got it canceled, only for the next day for it to become available again on walmart.com. I ordered two and they came uh, within two day shipping. 
And I ordered two because because of the Razor Crest. I want one to open. But still, I mean, the whole point is it shouldn't be this tough. This is just stupid action figures. Like I pre-ordered. Okay, the pre-order's done. Send them the figure, not cancel the order and make them reorder. Yeah, I, I'm also hearing that some people canceled the orders. The orders got canceled, and then the figure showed up in two days, two days later. Yeah, like, and then and then the incinerator trooper, some people got theirs canceled. I ordered two, one for me, one for my son, because he likes the, the clones and the stormtroopers. Those are being shipped. I ordered two at the same time, and they're being shipped in two different boxes. And so some people got theirs canceled. Walmart then relisted them for $32. They're normally $12.99. They listed it for $31.99. So people were buying it and then telling Walmart that you need to adjust your price. And they started to do that for some. But then I saw online some people got a response saying that Walmart will not price match if the product shows up cheaper. Or, or we'll, we won't refund you the money if the product shows up cheaper on, on our own website. And I'm just like, why, why, why is Hasbro giving into Walmart? Because it's just a, it's a cluster. Right. I hate Walmart anyway, man. It, I think everyone does. Yeah. Cause Walmart, they do like, as far as price, uh, not gouging price matching goes. If, cause you can look on their website and find it for cheaper or go to a different Walmart. Like let's say the one down the street has it for sale but this, the one here at doesn't, they won't match that Walmart's down the street. It has to right. be on their la- on the app, you know, as general. But then they also do like that Amazon thing where third parties can sell on their app. So, yeah, Walmart's just a cluster, man. I could keep going because <laughs> there's, there's so much that I am frustrated with, I guess, with modern collecting. This is the fourth Mandalorian that they've offered. Mm-hmm. There's we haven't got a quill. We haven't got uh, um, uh, 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 Horatio stands the blue guy. We haven't got that guy yet. We haven't got uh, Ben Burr's uh, Ben Burt. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Bill Burr's character um, Mayfield. And mm-hmm. but I've got four Mandalorians. Do I need to order them all? No, obviously no. But like, look, where's some diversity? You know why some you diversity have- in the line. You know why you have four Mandalorians? Why? Repaints. Yes, yes. It's cheaper. It's cheaper. And and it's just I, exclusivity is becoming crazy. I mean, you know, you have to go to Walmart. You have to go to Target. You have to go to Best Buy. You have to go to Amazon. You have to go to all these different GameStop for all these exclusives. So it's just a part-time job to find the exclusives. Um, I get that they're subsidizing these exclusivities. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't get the, di- the, the quote, diversity in the line that we have. But, you know, how many Luke Skywalkers do I need? How many Mandalorians do I need? I don't need all of them. And I would much rather see them invest into some sort of subscription box where I'm paying Hasbro for the exclusivity and I'm guaranteed to have that figure and it won't get canceled. And it will show up at my doorstep and I don't need to worry about it because every month or every other month it's an exclusive and it just automatically charges me and it comes and I don't have to worry about it. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm frustrated with it. I feel your pain, man. Yeah. yeah. That's, I guess, part of the reason why I'm happy. I'm not 
a modern, you know, that big in the modern collecting. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Um, anyway, it's, it's oh. not fun. It's sometimes, but I, conversely, there was rumors that Ponda Baba, Walrus Man, and Doctor Ezevan was coming to the Black Series, which is awesome if that's true because I would love to have uh, some B list and some C list characters from Star Wars enter that line. We got the uh, Tarkin a few years ago, which you know they never did in the vintage line, and yeah, it the the Merle collectors. You know, they want those B-list characters. I think it'd be cool to get that one guy with the spaceship, with the spacesuit or whatever that was in the cantina, just because yeah. he's, he's an interesting character. I mean, hell, they yeah. could do a, a Woodrow Hood would be cool, you know, but I don't know. I think the coronavirus has hit them and, and they're just, they're being careful with what they spend. Probably. But, I, yeah, uh, I could see that. Yeah. Did, did you, do your kids listen to the podcast? No. Okay, good. Because <laughs> you remember how you had to... What, what did you do with your second Razor Crest? I canceled it. Okay. Yeah, so I'm only getting one. All right, cool. I was Why? just curious. I was just curious because we never uh, we never circled back around to it. And, okay. You know, you didn't mention it on Christmas. And then I was thinking uh, the other night, I was like, what, what did Jason do with that other Razor Crest? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, we ended up canceling it. Gotcha. Just just to save the money. Right. Well, but, you know, you got him the that boss garmer, so I'm sure he'd rather yeah, have that. that exactly. Arm. That's that's more his speed. Right. God, that arm that that's that that outfit's amazing, dude. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, we gotta find a, a mannequin to set it up on and then get him the actual costume. So I don't think he's gonna do celebrations in the costume because he had trouble just walking up the stairs um to the kitchen in the costume, but uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see. Cause it's got the feet and the head. So, I mean, I could, I could definitely see how it'd be a weird walking around in it. Yeah. Well, the feet has an opening at the bottom. So we just need to find a pair of shoes that we can like hot glue to the, the feet itself. So he can just slip some shoes on and walk around like it's normal. Oh, awesome. So that's easy. Well, since you're done griping, I'm going to gripe for a minute. Go for it. Just cause the freaking postal service, man. Uh, yeah. I ordered stuff from Hallmark day after Christmas. Half of it got here. The other half is lost. So then I call Hallmark and uh, I, you know, I asked them about it. And their response was, sorry, we can't refund you or replace it until the post office says it's lost. And I asked them, I said, it hasn't moved since the 28th of December. You know, it hasn't been updated or anything. And they're basically sorry. And then the um i ordered something else out of florida and it was going good and the minute it left florida it disappeared and then you get the hey it's coming in late so post office sucks balls right now yeah everything was just kind of bottlenecked at the post office and everything's delayed and slowed we just got a christmas card yesterday it's december it's january 15th and we got a christmas card Jesus. My, my grandma sent me a christmas card and she was so worried about it because she's like, there's a check in it. I'm mm. like, Mama, it's, it, it, it'll be fine if somebody else gets it or, you know, if you could always cancel the check. It's not like you sit cash. And, you know, it wasn't for a whole, you know, it was like for 50 bucks, but she's acting like it's a $3,000 check. I'm like, but she's 90 and God bless her soul. You know, God love her. Yeah. You know, but yeah. 
anyway, hopefully uh, it gets there. Oh, we've got it. We got oh, it. Got but it. it, it Sorry. Yeah, no, it, it took like three or four. It took almost a month to get it. And every, every time I talk to her, you get the Christmas card yet? <sighs> well, I hope uh, your Hallmark stuff gets there. Dude, I really do. Because I had ordered it, you know, the day after because they do the 50% off and I didn't want to yep. go to the store really. And it's the uh, X-Wing from Dagobah. You know, where yeah, I was going to ask, what ornament was it? Yeah, it was the X-Wing from Dagobah, which, you know, and then, yeah. And then we went to the store later that day anyway, and they had them and. I was able to pick up the uh, the lack of faith one where uh, Vader's choking the the Imperial officer. Mm-hmm. I picked that one up, and yeah, it was a decent year. It wasn't it was a decent year for Hallmark? I guess Mandalorian kind of threw things off. But did you get that talking Yoda? That was freaking creepy, dude. You didn't like it? I, I thought it was like cool. It, it was. I just- didn't get it. But I thought it was cool. It was just his eyes would move, his mouth would move. It's just, I don't know. I would have picked him up if he would have been on the fifty percent off sale. But Walmart, I'm not Walmart. Hallmark, the past few years, has been holding uh, ornaments back from the fifty percent off, and that was one of them. They did the Baby Yoda, they did the Mandalorian, and they did the Yoda, the Talking Yoda, and I think one more that they held back from the fifty percent off sale. I guess because they were popular. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, eh, no, I'm not paying forty dollars for it. Was, it was, it was just a little creepy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I thought it was cool, but to each their own. Yeah, I'm not a Yoda guy either. So, but anyway, you're just you're a baby Yoda guy. Yeah, yeah, baby Yoda. <laughs> I did pick up in the Walmart. I was going through the Walmart. Uh, speaking of baby Yoda clearance section and the lady was putting out blankets and they had a cheap baby yoda blanket i picked up oh that's cool yeah so So keep warm keep warm you know i like i need another damn blanket (laughs) (laughs) i'm in a i'm in a hoodie right now i have a blanket on there's another like i forget what they're called the ones with sleeves um i don't have it on but there's been mornings when i have like two or three blankets on on these calls yeah dude i actually had to bring a heater downstairs because i was freezing Every time we do, you know, yeah. we're talking and I, I do the same thing you're doing, bundle up. And I just got tired of it and bought a blanket, not a blanket, a rug and all kinds of crap. They try to keep warm down here. But anyway, let's get to some rumors, man, because I yeah. know people don't want to really care to hear what we're wearing. No, they don't want to talk. <laughs> they don't want to hear us talk like old ladies. <laughs> Dude, I, it have is... bad, I have bad circulation <laughs> in my hands. I'm cold um, now. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, your boy, man, Lars. Yes. <laughs> He's allegedly taking the role at live action Thrawn. Which would be yeah. awesome because he did the voice. He's amazing. He was great on um, House of Cards as the Russian prime minister. And so he's got that villainous side to him. Um, I could see it. Yeah, that's I was pretty excited when I saw that because you know, the, with the oh, Robert Downey Jr. rumors, I I was kind of upset, but yeah, now if because I think I think they're gonna do that where they keep the voice. If you can, well, they didn't do it with Ahsoka, but if you could act, they're gonna keep it. Try to keep the characters together. So yeah, it's it's kind of like a stick in the eye for Ahsoka fans that Ashley didn't come back in live action, where everyone else seems to be coming back. Yeah, if if this rumor pans out to be true. 
I just hope, and we were kind of talking about this on on the post, on Ryan's post about the rumor that Thrawn is more vicious, more calculating. Um, he wins more, I guess, mm-hmm. in, in his battles because that just wasn't the case in Rebels. It was like every time he lost, he lost on purpose just to see what they would do. And it's it's it got to the point where it didn't feel organic anymore. It felt like you had this villain who needed to, who couldn't win all the time because then your bad guys are always losing and that's not fun to watch. But I feel for Thrawn, that needs to happen. That every time our heroes go up against Thrawn, they need to lose up until the last battle when Thrawn makes some sort of miscalculation or he didn't see something and that's when he loses. And he needs to win every single time up until that point. And I don't think that was successful in Rebels. And if he's coming back for Ahsoka, I worry that Filoni's going to repeat that pattern. I'll have to rewatch Rebels to, to and pay attention to it, or at least rewatch the Thrawn stuff. I seem to remember only the season finale um, with uh, it was what's the Benda Bendu? Mm. Like he's the he's the reason they won was because of the Bendu. But for a while there, that he was striking hard and he was going to you know destroy the Rebels until the Bendu struck. Oh, the the space whales? Not the space whale, the big um, Sasquatch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, yeah. You're right. It and then and then he ended up killing that guy, or you don't really know because they don't show what happened to him. All they know is he, I guess, went back into the force and. Yeah. So I just hope that when they write Thrawn, that it's the Thrawn from the expanded universe that in Heir to the Empire, Dark Forces Rising. Um, the last command, you know, he was winning every single battle up until that last battle. And I hope they kind of repeat that pattern. Right. I want to see Thrawn be successful and be good at what he's doing. He needs to be more of a badass. There's also rumors. And when I saw this, I was kind of like, eh, duh, that everybody's like, Ahsoka is going to be Rebels season five. And I said, I called that stuff as soon as I heard Ahsoka say, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? They're just going to continue into live action. And with that, I think we need to do a uh, a live reaction show. If if this is true and they're going to bring back all the rebels, that I'm going to cry like a little girl. When that... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I've been waiting for. So, yeah, the the rumor was also that Taylor Gray had recorded some lines as Ezra, and that that Filoni had uh, not Filoni Favreau had uh, convinced Filoni to just bring it over to live action. And, and he's kind of abandoned his plans for another sequel animated show for rebels. And he's just going to carry it over into Ahsoka. Yeah. That's going to be great. I, like I've been saying, I just want that story. I don't care if it's two episodes of the Ahsoka show or the whole season of the Ahsoka show. I just, I want that story told to figure out what happens with those characters. We got to get a Sabine. It would be great if we saw uh, Taylor Gray come back as Ezra because he kind of looks the part he's youngish mm-hmm. um, it'd be great if we had Freddie Prince Jr. come back as a force ghost uh, a Kanan right I'm trying to see I'm, I'm looking up Taylor Gray yeah I also heard that um, I could see him pulling off Ezra mm-hmm. then the uh, the guy from Karate Kid not Karate Kid Cobra Kai the one that broke his back they, yeah. they were, there was also rumors of him playing Ezra. Oh boy. 
he's he's that's a campy show and i think his acting is campy i think it fits cobra kai i don't know if it's gonna sell on uh star wars yeah but cobra kai is so campy it's good you're you're sitting there you're watching it wondering why the hell you're watching it because it's just so damn campy but it's good 80s camp (laughs) yeah i like it i like it a lot all right the other news of the week is that so Lucasfilm created a new Lucasfilm games tag for social media, which at first I was like, are they relaunching LucasArts and making things in-house? But it, it seems like it's just social media tags and they're rebranding the way they promote Lucasfilm games. And then we saw a teaser for a new Indiana Jones game. And then there was news that Ubisoft was making an open world Star Wars game, which is not part of EA. So it mm-hmm. seems like EA has lost their exclusivity for um, video games, which I applaud. I think this is a great move. I mean, they've had a 10-year exclusive deal. And in eight of those 10 years, they've only made four games. One of them is like, you can almost consider a half a game, which is Squadrons, because it's not a full video game. It's just uh, the part of Battlefront where you fly around in spacecrafts. I like Squadrons. And thankfully, when they because of it being a half a game, they priced it that way. So, yeah, because if I'd have paid 60 bucks for Squadrons, I'd have been pissed. Thanks to you, paid 25 and I was happy yeah. with that. Me too. That's about what we got it for. And I think it's worth that. I don't think it's worth more than that. But, but video games make more money than movies and TV shows and books combined. And to have four games come out in eight years with a, a hot title like Star Wars is just, it's criminal. Right. And from a point of view. Yeah, I'm... Um, I, I'm I'll be interested to see what they do with that open world stuff. I'm not a big fan of open world games because like with um, Fallout, it just feels like you're just moving around and doing the same thing over and over again. I, I know I know they're popular. I personally, I think that's my preference is open world games like Grand Theft Auto and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I love being able to do whatever the heck I want. Mm. And in a Star Wars game, that would just be... That would blow my mind. That might I might never leave the TV. Oh, I hope you have it set up downstairs or another TV or something so you don't. I do. Awesome. I can close the door. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> when we set up our house, we're like, we only want one TV because I don't want it in the bedroom. I don't want, you know, it, we had one downstairs, but it never got used. So I, I looked at my wife and we got rid of it and turned it into the collection room. So yeah. I can't complain. Do you just sit in the collection room and hang out? Sometimes. It depends on if I'm having a bad day. I'll come down here and just kind of just sit because we do have a couch um, and just kind of look, <laughs> which is, you know, I need to do it more often or do it more or have more bad days. So I come down here. <laughs> <laughs> I have a TV here. I have my Xbox. I have um, a desk here. So I do a lot of my writing. I do my uh, YouTube watching and video gaming all in this room. The problem is, there's times I spend so much time here that I feel like I'm disconnected from the family. So I actually turn things off and I go into other rooms just to hang out with the kids and my wife. My computer's down here. So I'll come down here and research the show or I'll, you know, do research for other stuff. And it does you, you after a few, after about 30 to 45 minutes, it's like, okay, I got to shut it down and spend some time with the wife. But then I go upstairs and she's just chilling on the couch and Really don't care that I'm down here, not in her face. Did you pick anything up good this this weekend or this week? No, it was just those dint dint da the Mandalorian two pack. My my, 
Yeah. I love when you get tongue tied, dude. Tongue tied. <laughs> it's tough to say, like Din Dejarin. Like it's two consonants together. DJ Dejarin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I picked up. The um, the Ray, the Dark Ray Black Series came, and it looked like I got charged the two, the twelve ninety nine. Nice. I got an email saying that they would do the price adjustment, um, and that I, I could keep it as the twenty whatever if I want to move forward with it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But I got charged the twelve ninety nine plus shipping. That's the right way. I really think they, you know, the people that ordered five of them and took advantage of it, they should shouldn't have done it. But like you, you ordered one. All right, you get one. At the twelve ninety nine, the rest are going to be full price. Yeah, um, but that's good. At least there there seem to be honor in that. How about you? Did you pick up anything? Yeah, I don't know why I went crazy, but I did. <laughs> what you um, get? I got well the the thing I thought was going to be the wooden Throndal actually ended up my well, being a, a customized vinylmation with the Rebels logo that they painted it orange and put the Rebels logo on it and yeah. a Star Wars logo. So it was a kind of cool little custom piece. So my wife picked that up for me. And then when I realized what it was, I told her, well, I'm ordering myself the wooden Throndal. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm waiting on from UPS that, or USPS that seems to be, you know, as soon as it left Florida, I thought I would get it today. I thought I'd get it yesterday. And it left Florida and they hadn't scanned again yet. Uh, so I don't know where it's at. What else did I get? When I, when I picked up that Baby Yoda blanket, I ran swinging around to the logo, to the Lego section. And there's a new Mandalorian Lego um, playset that came out. It's got the speeder bike and it's got a sand person with that big bow that they they're going mm -hmm. after the Kray dragon. Mm -hmm. So it and then they have like a campfire. So it's it looks like it's set up around that Cobb Vant um, episode. Which if they would have Cobb Vant in it, that would have been awesome. But he that made, been. yeah, they only had, and it had a child. So it had a a Mando, a sand person, and the child in it. And I haven't opened it up yet just because. When I do Legos, I like to have a clean mind and I don't like rushing it. And I like to, I want to enjoy it. So I haven't, I've had that for about a week and hadn't opened it up. Um, what else did I get? Oh, shoot. I did, I did good, man. And then I got a 3PO. I got a, somebody was selling like a really nice golden 3PO that stood up for my 12 back run. So now I just need the, uh, I need to get a, a Leia doll, a Leia figure with a blaster, which is going to be freaking insane. And then yeah. I need a I need a farm boy Luke with that card back, and then I'll then I need to order cases for him, and then I'll be done with that. That's been awesome. a couple of years going. Uh, and then our buddy Christian, friend of the show, Christian Wagner, released some more art this week, mm. uh, a couple of days ago. So I had to pick. He did a. Uh, have you seen it yet? He did. No, I haven't. Dude, he did no. a shore trooper. Oh, it's beautiful. I've been looking at this piece for two years because I, I he'll like tease a piece and then you don't see it. You know. And uh, it'll take a year or two for it to come out in production, I guess. And it's beautiful. It's this beautiful shore trooper. The, the color, it's been one of, I think it's one of his most colorful ones because the, the, you got a blue, a really bright blue background on it. And then in the eyes, the reflection has got the, uh, the AT-ATs and the battle of Scarif going on in his vision, in his goggles. And yeah. uh, I picked, and then he did a uh, Ahsoka, He's called Ahsoka's Remorse, which is from uh, the the clone trooper helmet with Ahsoka in the reflection. Um, so he released both of those, and I picked up the short trooper one from him. So, was yeah. it on his website? 
Yeah, it's on. If you go to acmearchives.com. Oh, I'm okay. Yeah, you're going right now. I hear the keystrokes. You're like, I got to see the short trooper. I do. <laughs> oh, dude, it, when you see it, you'll you'll be amazed by. It. I mean, it's beautiful. If I can spell this morning, Acme Archives. There we yes. go. And I'm waiting. Let's see. Yes, let's see. I want to hear your reaction to it. Oh wow, <laughs> that is badass. That is awesome. Yeah, it's got the explosions. Got X wings in it. Oh, the ATACTs. They're not ATATs. Whatever Get it right, Glenn. Damn it. Get the it ones right. with the big orange panel on them. Yes, yes, but yes, this is cool. Can't afford it right now, but that is cool. Oh, dude, I love his. You, you've seen my my dining room. When I get yeah, that you've got piece, a special collection. Yeah, I'm gonna have to redo it all when that piece comes in. I'm trying to see what else. Um, also, February sixth, there is a swap meet in Powder Springs. It's the same one we had when we went to a couple of months ago. Over on, I've got the address. It's 3217. New Macklin Road Southwest in Powder Springs. It's from 10 to 3. I just like getting that out there because I know we got a lot of local people that listen to the show. And I, whenever there's a toy show coming up, I like pop it, giving it some pop so that they can get some good people in there. And, you know, they're few and far between right now. Yeah, I'm going to have to make it to that one early so I could see people. Yeah, we'll have to uh, postpone the show and maybe do a live. Hey, you know, break my phone <laughs> out, out of the trunk of our car. <laughs> It wouldn't look weird at all. No, just creepy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Did you uh, did you ever watch Disney Galleries The Mandalorian season two? I did. I did. It so was really good. It seems like it's only just the one episode. Yeah, that's what everybody's complaining about it. But I like you. You and I talked about, or you had talked about how they had just sort of done a you know overview of the whole season versus you know having a roundtable with everybody. Yeah. Um, I think they did it better. I think it, it was a better show, but made me want to rewatch everything because, you know, just hearing Roger Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez, you know, him talk about it and how they, you know, it was it, it, how he thought it would be Boba Fett's only, he came across as it would be Boba Fett's only time. And that's how he shot it. And Whoa. What, Sorry. What do you like? Well, we're, we're about to talk about micro machines and someone has just posted in our group the his micro machine collection chili palmer and it's amazing really it's all carded well most of it's carded but it's just holy crap this is my dream collection of micro machines good job chili anyways um yeah what i wanted to talk about with the mandalorian was there was a part where favreau and filoni were debating mandalorian was going to right at the start of the first episode was it the first episode in the the fighting pits uh-huh. With John Leguizamo's character, the Mandalorian was going to, right before he swings into action, he was going to say McClunky. <laughs> and they were they were taught, and Filoni's like, no, you're not. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. And he's like, no, you're not. And uh, Favreau wanted to make it like the last thing you say to someone right before you kill him is McClunky. Like it's it's like lights out, your your, your time is over, McClunky. And I, I just love that part of the... Um, the whole debate and seeing Filoni be like, no, don't do it. You're not going to do it. And Favreau's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. I love those guys. Cause it does it just that little interaction. And, and it feels like two friends playing with their play, you know, playing with their action figures and, you know, let's do this. No, we're going to do this. And then they keep trying to one up each other. Yeah. Uh, 
but you uh, can't win with Dave Filoni because I think he is just like the ultimate Star Wars nerd and knows. Bib Fortuna finally did say McClunky, so Favreau did get to fit it in there. Yeah. He just didn't get the Mandalorian to say it. Right. But well, I, that'd you... just be, it'd be awesome just to have the Mandalorian go, McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> with or without his it. helmet on? With. <laughs> Now you got me looking at Facebook. I normally don't keep Facebook open on my computer when we're talking for that very reason, because then I'll get distracted. But get that distracted. was that was a killer setup. Yeah, I hope to get there. Right, right now, all my um, stuff is left over from my childhood, and it's all open, like I've kind of mentioned before. And I kind of want to fill in the gaps of what I don't have, but everything that I do have, everything I do collect from here on out, I'm going to try to keep. Um, sealed just like the rest of my collections to and to differentiate what i've got now versus what i had as a kid mm-hmm. so i'll get there eventually it's just the stuff that i don't have is the stuff that came out late in the line um during the 90s and it's expensive now awesome yeah i, I don't know enough about the micro machine stuff because yeah i haven't i haven't delved into that world because i'm still trying to get the micro collection going so yeah it's interesting because when i look at that micro collection i have zero emotional attachment to it mm-hmm. i love star wars but when i look at that i'm like well that's not micro machine and it's it's just kind of funny and if i were to ever collect a micro collection i would be collecting it just because everyone else is and i don't know if that's the that's definitely not the right reason to collect something no I guess the, the reason I started collecting it is because I had picked up a couple of pieces and then I had won a piece off of a off of a, a a contest. And, you know, then once once you get it in your hands and you start looking at it, you realize how detailed the stuff is. Yeah. Something ahead of its time, you know, as far as micro collections, as far as Star Wars toys go and stuff that came out in the 80s. Yeah. Since you were starting about the the micro machines i know you've you've shared a little bit about your your love for that line why don't you you go ahead and because i know that the your story i love it and that's why you should collect because it it has meaning to to you yeah so i went ahead and i prepared like a history of the micro machines is that what you want me to do or you just want me to talk about do kind of kind of give a brief <laughs> overview because i've kind of got All the right. same thing for the micro collection and then just say why you love it so I did some research and found stuff online. So some of this comes from StarWars.com. Some of this came from Wikipedia, which we all know is a very trusting source <laughs> in information on the web. Um, but yeah, Micro Machines were created by Gloob, which is a toy company founded in 1957. And Micro Machines were one of their biggest sellers. They started selling them in 1987. And they started as just teeny tiny cars, maybe about an inch long. I still have a lot of the ones that I had as a child. Um, the line included trucks, boats, military vehicles like jets and tanks and helicopters. They even had trains. They had underwater vehicles. They had wave runners and uh, light airplanes. And there was just a lot. And my brother and I, we collected those. I was you know, between seven and 10 years old. We would get the three packs. Sometimes there would be, you would get like a, a, a hot rod. Um, a speed racer, like a Lamborghini almost, it's not a speed racer, but you would get like a Lamborghini, you would get a speedboat, then you would get like a jet fighter and in one pack and they would all be kind of painted the same. So we, we really collected a lot of those and I still have mine, he still has his. 
the commercials were famous because they had the world's talk, the, the world's fastest talking man. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was just, <laughs> and you'd cram so much information in 30 seconds. You're by the end of those commercials, you're like, yes, yes. I'm so energized from that. Let's go. Let's go, mom. Let's go to KB and, and grab some pretty cool commercials. They're still available on YouTube if you ever want to check one out, but they were the top selling cars for about three to four years out selling Hot Wheels and Matchbox. Um, they also started these transforming play sets, which plays a part in uh, Star Wars Micro Machines in a little bit. Um, the ones that I have, there was a can of wax and there was an oil can that would transform into the can of wax would open up and it would turn into like a car wash. So it was kind of on brand or kind of fit into that, that theme. And then the oil can would open up into a gas station. So they did have the transforming place that's even before Star Wars, they had the Star Wars license. Um, also just to note that micro machines were part of Kevin McAllister's trap in home alone. Those were the vehicles at the bottom of the stairs that the, um, Marvin Harry kind of slip on as they kind of enter the hallway. It was the micro machines that Kevin McAllister put on the floor. So there's that. Now that I know about micro machines, do you think that would actually happen? Because wouldn't they like? No. <laughs> no, I think if you were to step on them, your feet would just be very, very painful. Uh, you would feel lots of pain from stepping on. It. I think it's like a Lego. I don't think the wheels are strong enough to actually make you slide, but what do I know? All right. That's a movie anyway. So suspend a suspend the disbelief yeah <laughs> we could get into home alone too because like <laughs> uh, i mean you got hit in the face with a paint can you think you're really going to stand up <laughs> anyways and who the hell forgets their kids in an airport oh, yeah <laughs> so but towards the end of the star wars dark times which is the late 80s the early uh, late 80s to the early 90s mid 90s when there wasn't much out there star wars was one of the uh, excuse me star wars micro machines was one of the first products besides bendables to um to be offered uh to, to kind of restart the brand and i gravitated to that in 1994 with the first um vehicle selections that they offered so these were three packs they included things like the middle i'm tongue-tying again the Millennium Falcon, X-Wings, Star Destroyers, Y-Wings, A-Wings, Java Sail Barge. I have so many versions of the Java Sail Barge. It's not funny. Slave One. And it's just the thing with Java Sail Barge in my collection, I have like eight or nine of them. So they must have offered, offered it frequently. But it's not like an X-Wing where you can have several X-Wings lined up. You can't have a fleet of sail barges. It just doesn't work. Anyways, that's my thought. <laughs> They were available as tri-packs and you would buy one, you get a set of three vehicles. And then as it became more successful, they made other vehicles like land speeders, Death Star. They made the, the Cloud City, um, the, the gas mining stations. They made speeder bikes and swoop bikes and, and so on. So um, they really got deep into the lore of Star Wars and the vehicles that they offered. And then they started offering fi uh, figures. So there were nine packs of characters in different poses and initially it was stormtroopers so you would get nine stormtroopers in different poses you would get ewoks you get rebel pilots and tie pilots and um and those came out first and i have some of those but some of the things that i kind of mentioned some of the more rare items that came out late in the line i don't have but they were scout troopers and bounty hunters and again the, they would be 
there was nine different bounty hunters, Boba Fett, Bosk, you know, the whole crew there, Greedo, um, Forlom, Zuckus, all those guys. But the scout troopers I don't have, and I love the scout troopers. Um, and so there was nine of those in the pack, but those are tough to find. I went on eBay, and those are selling between 75 to 100 bucks right now. Jesus. Yeah. And there's a reason why they're expensive, because they, they came out late in the line, and they're tough to find. But then they came out with play sets, and initially there's three play sets, one per movie. Uh, there's the Death Star, the Planet Hoth playset, the, the Endor playset. It came with like four or five figures and a vehicle. And then they made a second round. They, they expanded that to Jabba's Palace, Dagobah, and Cloud City, which I just found out about um, back in the spring. I found out that there was a Cloud City one because I was setting up my figures and I was trying to match. Uh, I was setting up the play sets in my display, trying to match the figures to the play set. And I was like, what's this Cloud City one? I don't remember ever seeing that. So I was able to pick that up. But then they moved on to transforming play sets, which kind of ties into the original Micro Machine cars. And so you would get the Darth Vader bust and that face would kind of fold open and you would have Cloud City. You would get the Boba Fett one and that would fold open to a different scene on Cloud City. Chewbacca had Endor. Luke Skywalker in his X-Wing um Helmet would open up to Hoth. Uh, R2-D2 would unfold to Jabba's palace. The stormtrooper would have the Death Star and so on. Yoda had an, uh, one that folded open to another scene from Dagobah. And so those were pretty successful. And those moved on to vehicles. So there would be Slave One. There'd be a Death Star that opened up to a playset. And then they actually moved into items that you could hold and act like they were play toys. So there would be the lightsaber, which was like a full-sized hilt of a lightsaber which would fold open to the death star run there was the echo base binoculars i can't remember what they opened oh that was um yavin base and that came with an a-wing so it was almost like yavin's base before you fly off to attack the death star but those aren't to be confused with the smaller transforming play sets because those were maybe about an inch or two long and you would fold open it would come with one figure and basically a backdrop so it'd be for Boba Fett's head, you would open that up. There would just be a small, small figure, which is about half of an inch, I would say. You, there was a place where you could put them on the base of the transforming head. And then in the background, there would be the Sarlacc with Jabba's, palace, uh, Jabba's sail barge. And they had a bunch of those. Um, Royal Guards, they had Greedo, Akbar, um, Nine Numb. And so that was just another part of that line. There was also... The epic collections, which I shared in our group, which um, had Heir to the Empire, and you would open up. It looked like a book, and you would open it up, and inside would be characters from the book. It had Heir to the Empire, Jedi Search, Truth of Bakura. Um, and the only issue I had with these sets were some of these sets were created, some of the vehicles were created for these sets uniquely for these sets, meaning they didn't come from Star Wars movies. And so they were creating these vehicles for the first time for these sets. And some of them just didn't feel like they belonged in, in Star Wars. The designs just felt off. Some of the designs just felt like they were lazy. And so that was my one complaint about these sets is the vehicles just weren't up to par for me. Even as a kid, I was just like, "What? what is this? This is not an X-Wing. This doesn't look like it belongs. So they were just basically making up an X-Wing that didn't look like an X-Wing? Yeah, no, not for X-Wings. It was just more of like... I can't remember the character's name, but there was like a, uh, uh, it was almost like a yacht looking thing. And it just doesn't look like, it looks like, uh, I don't know. It wasn't the lady luck, was it? I don't think so. Okay. No. There you go. Pulling one out of the 
Eight yeah, years. look at you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's landership. Right, right. Yeah. Now, now, when you were saying the Jabba sail barge, was it like the mini Jabba sail barge, or like the same size as like an X, like the little X wings, or did they have like a big size playset? No, it was the same size as the X wing. So scale was definitely off on some of these. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get your X wings the same size as the, as the Death Star, as a Y wing, as the Jabba sail barge and the Star Destroyer, that was one of the issues that I had with micro machines. Scale was definitely off. Mm-hmm. Um, Shadows of the Empire was tied in as well. There was multi-packs of that, which included vehicles and figures in them. Um, I didn't realize I didn't have these. So this is another thing that I'm going to have to start tracking down are the Shadow of the Empire um, packs that came out. They also made transparent vehicles. So the outside of the vehicles were clear. They did have some paint on it to make it look like you're looking like you had x-ray vision. You just can't see through the paint, but on the inside, they would have the engines to some of these vehicles. So those were cool. Yeah. I like those. I don't know if I have one of those. I know I've got like, I guess they did a concept series, which I may be jumping ahead. Yeah. I was just about to say the concept series was part of action fleet, which was made by Gloob, but they didn't really have the micro machine label on it, but it was just an expansion of the line. You could, the, the, the figures in the micro machines couldn't fit in the vehicles, but with this action fleet line, you could, the cockpits would open up. There was about three points of articulation, two points of articulation in the characters where their legs and their arms would bend. And um, the arms were just kind of like, there was like a rod connecting the arm. So if you move the left arm up, the right arm would move along with it. You could drop them in the vehicles and they did have the concept so they would go with the Ralph McQuarrie original design of, of these vehicles and drop it in with the actual design. So you would actually get two for the price of one. And that was just another line. Yeah, we've got that. My wife likes AT-AT. So we've got the AT-AT version of, of the concept. So Yeah. And then in 1998, Galoob was purchased by the monster known as Hasbro. I think a lot of people have heard of this small company. And they continued the line through episode one and episode two, and I believe episode three. But my my interest in, in budgetary reasons um, moved over towards the action figures, Power of the Force, episode one, episode two, and all those that came in between the saga line. So I stopped picking those up. And I do have some from episode two. Uh, yeah, Attack of the Clones. But I'm going to have to go back and, and finish out that, that run at some point. Um, but for whatever reason, I don't know if I just grew out of it. I associated more with my childhood and I found the figures more interesting. Um, I just kind of, yeah, my, my interest kind of waned at that point. And Force Awakens came out and they did bring back Micro Machines and that, that continued through Rogue One. Um, but again, because of budgetary reasons, I just stuck with the figures and the vehicles that came along with some of those figures. And um I also felt like, because we did get a couple of those, and I did feel like there was less detail in the, the micro machines. There was less paint applications in the micro machines, and they just felt cheaper to me, and which is part of the reason why I didn't decide to get back into them um, this new runaround. And I, you know, I regret it. I saw them for a couple bucks at five below, the Rogue One ones, especially. I try to say that five times fast Rogue One ones. <laughs> And I wish I picked those up because I do like Rogue One. I do like the, the the vehicle designs of Rogue One. So at some point I might go back. But again, I think the reason why I didn't pick them up was just looking at some of the figures. They just felt cheap. They didn't feel like there was love. It felt like it was just a cash in. Like this wasn't a passion project for people working on it. It was just like 
we need to have micro machines with this. Check the box and make them. <laughs> and so I love my micro machines. I think fondly of the time that I spent playing with them. I'm a proud collector of them. I have been trying to pick up pre-production items. As I kind of mentioned, I picked up some paint apps and I have some pre-production first shots and, and QC items. And, and so I love the micro machines and um, I'm a proud collector. And you, you're definitely getting the niche, man. You're, you've got your own little niche in the Star Wars universe and it's micro machines. So I, I think every collector should have that one thing that nobody else collects and it's it's hard to find right now in, in the Star yeah. Wars universe because everybody's kind of claimed it. And you, you definitely have claimed the uh, micro machines. And this week in our Georgia group was the character of the week was micro machines. So I've been posting things left and right and trying to, quote unquote, educate in, in the nice way. Like, I don't know if you guys realize that this is this play sets there and this is the vehicles that came and. Um, it's good to see that there's other collectors like I just we just mentioned Chili Palmer who posted a really cool display of his collection. There was somebody else who posted some of the pre-production items and first shots that they had. Um, I didn't even know Justin Haney had some and those were cool to see. So um, it's good that people do enjoy collecting them and I'm not the only one. Right. Yeah, I think now that just talking to you, I'm like, trying to figure out where because I know I've got some <laughs> hidden in my collection because you just you kind of pick them up and I, did, I had no clue that they made brought them up into the Rogue One uh oh thank you my daughter just brought me breakfast oh look at that hey it's your turn to go too <laughs> uh, let me about the Michael collection <laughs> but yeah and I, and I know I've got the like the Boba Fett I, I really dug those little I kept wanting to try to find the little uh, Boba Fett heads, uh, the little collection that they had, and I never could, never could get it. But or make it. Might have an extra. No, oh, look at that. Yeah, look at that. I did find out that there was there was um, a Salacious Crumb one that I never knew existed, and so I went to go look at the set, and that came out in like a nine piece set with a Wampa, and I think there was a, a Vac metalized C three PO, if I remember right that nine piece set was like 300 bucks oh my god yeah so some of these pieces are tough to track down because they're rare in the end and they just didn't make as much and so that's difficult to to find and buy and they're expensive everything get, is getting expensive with star wars man yep now now instead of just a boba fett tax it's a star wars tax yeah and you got the ahsoka tax now and yeah or no yeah. We were going to micro collect. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Brought me down a couple of pancakes. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I had my oatmeal this morning. I'm on a diet and trying to eat healthy. So. I need to, man, because you know I gotta you lose this dad bod. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I wish I had the uh, self-control to do something. The other thing is the micro machines are a little bit smaller than the micro collection and they're plastic and the micro collection is metalized, right? Right. Probably need to stop eating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say was unlike the, uh, yeah, they're, they're die cast versus plastic. So you get some of these and, and it's their paint, the paint can be bad. And if you find a pristine one, it's it they're you know, hold on to them because they're, they're awesome. But mm-hmm. Micro Machines came out in the summer of 82, and they came out with uh, three basic worlds. 
there was a Hoth world that had the ion cannon base. It had a Wampa cave and it had a, a shield generator. And this was probably the biggest one because that ion cannon is probably two or three feet wide. So that is probably the biggest, I think I would call it the biggest uh, play set that came out with these. Uh, the ion cannon actually moved. There was walls that fell open. Uh, there was a door. Wampa Cave had a little Wampa with the Tauntaun. Yeah, it did have the Tauntaun. I'm trying to remember from memory. Uh, Luke would hang upside down in it. It had a probe droid. Um, and then the shield generator was probably another cool one in this line. It had a the shield generators. You'd hit a button. It actually, they'd, they'd pop out. It had a, a chicken walker, which I don't know why Hoth would have had a chicken walker. Um, it would fall apart. Mm. Uh, and they all had, you know, they all had their own little characters with them. Uh, they had a Death Star world, which had the Death Star escape, and it had the Death Star compactor. Um, that compactor, which I, this is probably my favorite one out of the bunch because the detail on it is is insane. Because it has, you know, you could set Luke and Leia up, and Ben and and Darth Vader up, and they have that door where the door slides open. You can yeah. hit a button, that door slides open, and you can reenact that scene where they mm. see the, the final battle. Um, and it's got a, tra it's a trash compactor, compacts, and it's got foam to go in it. And it's just an amazing playset. The detail in these things were, were just incredible. As you know, I'm sure the micro collections got, I mean, micro machines have got is pretty much the same thing. The, the mm. amount of detail they were able to pack in these little bitty playsets was was amazing um and then they also did a bespin world which had the carbonite freezing chamber which had a some kind of mechanism where you could drop han solo in spin it around and when you pick it up it would be him in carbonite um and then it had the the control bespin control room which had the window in it where you could flip luke outside of it where he's trying to get away from from Darth Vader, and then they also had the the uh, I can't even read my writing gantry, <laughs> <laughs> the Bespin gantry, which had the pole uh, where you could reenact the Luke I am your father and mm. uh, the scene. They also did um, vehicles, which was there we go. There's my ships. They also did vehicles, which they did the X wing, a Tie fighter, and a snow speeder. With two fig with the uh, Tie Fighter, you know, Tie Fighter and the X-wing each had one figure, and then the Snow Speeder had the two figures. The X-wing, the Tie Fighter, and the Snow Speeder all kind of fell apart when you'd hit a button and then kind of break apart, kind of give some more playability to it. And the Falcon that they made, the Falcon playset they made, I think is the best Falcon that has ever been produced because of the size of it. They were able to put a lot of playability into that playset. plus the figures fit perfectly inside of it um you know it's got both guns versus the playset. the bigger playset, the three and three quarter playset only had the top gun it's got the bottom gun also you could fit actually fit four figures into the cockpit um it's just an amazing amazing playset. Mm -hmm. uh i'm trying to think all the stuff it does but go look at it it to me, it's it's the best Falcon that was ever made. Was on this in this line, um, plus the scale and everything. The thing that kind of killed the the line was the fact that you know the Death Star world 
was ran about the same price as the full size Falcon. So parents were kind of, you know, I've already invested all this money into the three and three quarter line. Why am I going to, you know, go buy, spend the same, go start another line for you or start new, a new figure run for you. They would just stick with the three and three quarter line. And that's what really killed this line. Um, you know, as far as, you know, the early eighties or mm-hmm. happened, but now with everybody, you know, you complete your three and you complete your, your 92 run and you get all the figure, you know, you get all the figures, you get all the ships. What are you going to go to next? You're going to go to the micro machines. If, yeah, micro, yeah, micro collection. Um, it's like I said, man. This, this, I. It was fun doing this run. They had a bunch of unproduced sets. They had a, they did a back, back to tank, which, to me, if they would have produced it, was it was incredible, because they actually thought they were going to put water in the back to tank so Luke could float, but they realized water and metal don't mix very well. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what they did was they came up with a with this plan that they would pump water. They made like a a wall around the back to tank so that you could put water in the wall. Uh, so it would just look like there's water in it instead of water actually being in it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, they the, the playability and the, the thought they put into these, like I keep saying, was was awesome. They did a they had a torture chamber they were working on. They also were working on a on a throne room, which would have had you know a couple of different emperor molds to go with it, and they were working on a Jabba's uh, Jabba's palace mm-hmm. playset, and those kind of got axed. And you can you can kind of find, you know, the back to tank they made at least made some some models, some test models of. I think they did the same thing with the torture chamber. I'm not sure about the throne room, and I know Jabba was very very early pre-production they didn't get into it a whole bunch mm-hmm. um uh, and also this doesn't really go with the micro collection but they did um ships and i they did an x-wing they did a snow speeder a y-wing a star destroyer i'm going by memory so if i mess yeah. up uh, they did a tie bomber they did a darth vader oh they did the darth vader tie fighter it was the other one they did you know out of all of them that the uh, tie bomber was the one that was is the hardest to find because they only produced. I've heard different numbers. I think it's around ten thousand of them. So if you can find one for for fairly cheap, it's 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 a good good one to get. What else? I think that's everything. Just a real quick overview of the of the line. Yeah. So you haven't really got into it. No, and I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't blame you because that's sort of where everybody is. They're in that whole. Okay, I've I've already collected everything. So let me move on to micro collection. So it, the micro machines is where to stay, man. Cause like I said, everybody, I think the micro collection is going to be the next hot thing. And it, it's sort of already blowing up. You've seen the uh, slave one I've got. Is that, that's not, a, is that a micro collect micro machines or is it just sort of that extra line? The, the action fleet one, the bigger one. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the action fleet line. Okay. And but that is part of Gloob, so I just it's like an extension or a cousin line, I guess, maybe to the micro machines. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have that same one too. The thing you know, it's a cool thing because the Han and Carbonite opens up, and you could put the Han figure in there, and you know, the, the detail on that on everything on all that stuff is, is pretty crazy. Yeah, and I picked up 
green A-Wing that I never... There's so many different Action Fleet ones. There's ones that are about 100 bucks, 200 bucks because of... Um, they were late in the line. There's like the... What is the three-winged TIE fighter that Thrawn uses in Rebels? The TIE... The TIE Defender. Defender. That's available as an Action Fleet um, piece, but it's, again, like 100 to 200 bucks because it came out late in the line. and mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of the same... Is, is what am I trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done this in a while on the show. Kind of just go with the flow, and now it's like, Bleh. yeah, it is. When you got to research stuff, it, it, it's a lot different, you know. And, and you're trying to come up with the. It's not, hey, Mandalorian did this this week. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's a totally different experience. But it does seem it seems to happen with every single line that towards there's the initial push and everybody gets that. But then towards the end, everyone gets sleepy or maybe the stores don't order as much because they have stock from the initial push. Uh And those things become more difficult to find and they become more expensive to purchase on the secondary market because there wasn't as many of them produced as that initial push. So. Right. You know, like you were just talking about, there's only 10,000 maybe of the TIE Bombers. That that happens often, even like even with some of the Rogue One figures that they're difficult to find. The, the second and the third waves are more difficult to, to find than the first wave because there's just not as many produced and stores already already have those. Anyway, I just took a break and I walked by my um, micro, my die cast figures, my die cast my figure by micro collection set and i looked at my my ships it uh star destroyer they did a falcon they did a star destroyer they did a y-wing they did an x-wing they did a snow speeder a lion speeder a tie bomber i think that's it i think they did six or seven of them but uh yeah i remember that i had the land speeder when i was a kid so that was cool oh they did the slave one shit forgot about that do you have that yeah Okay. Yeah, I've got the whole run. So some of these, and I see collectors getting like the unpainted of this micro collection, mm-hmm. the unpainted figures. Is that pre-production or were they offered as unpainted figures at some point? Do you know? They were never offered as unpainted figures. You know, like they did the the X wet X ray stuff on the on the micro machines. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they qualify, how they, I just think they call them un, unpainted. I don't know, um, you know, I don't know how they fall into the line. I don't think they're really pre-production. I, I just think they may be extra stuff. I've, I've never done any research on why they're unpainted to, to say, you know, what the deal is with them. Um, I know they do make, um, you know, in the production process, you've got a four up bowl you know when they when they they're not going to build something or model something you know that's an inch short so what they do is they'll build something that or model it you know they'll call it a four up so it's it's about you know six inches tall um and then they'll shrink it down within this process and i um but they they've show those are show up which to you know that's pre-production stuff that's amazing you know if you can find a four or an original four up they're thousands of dollars, but back in the, I think the 20, 30 years ago, we'll just say that. I don't know exactly when 
there were some Kenner guys that got together and they did like a blue, they call them blue harvest or basement bounty. I think those are two different things. Um, basically what they did was they took the original four ups and made a mold out of them and then produced um, basically reproductions of the four ups. And those have kind of popped up uh, over the past few years. And it's kind of, they cause a controversy in, in collecting world because is it repo? Is it, production you just because they're not originals um so are you just i they run a couple of hundred bucks and i i don't really know how i feel one time i had the opportunity to buy a couple and i just i never did because you don't you know is it pre-production you know or is it repro stuff or not um so and then people are painting them but if you can find you know Dude, the micro machine, the micro collection stuff gets pretty crazy because you do have people that have a full run of of the four up and a mold and a then they go into the pre-production stuff. And they do have some unproduced things that are popping up, you know, that that went along with the like the torture chamber. There's a Chewy that has uh 3PO on his back. And apparently the backpack, there's only a couple of them known to exist. So the backpack. Mm-hmm people are reproducing the backpack um so that you can at least um display them good uh there was a torture chamber drawer with the yeah i think the torture chamber is because they had the droid they had the fx droid i think is one that's hard to find but yeah there's about a a 10 run of the pre of uh the unproduced stuff this is where i need blake yeah blake is the expert we should have had him on but yeah blake would have been cool to have on this one because he's a freaking he's the expert He's the yeah. expert, and he's only 20. <laughs> he makes this look bad. <laughs> he does. He really does. <laughs> but so. anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a short show because I thought it would be more awesome. God. How much How much time do we have? We, we got another 20 minutes, man. It's only We're only 20? an hour. Where we, normally, we normally talk for about an hour and a half, and I cut it down. It ends up cutting down to about an hour. And we're at hour 15 right now. Okay. So that's that's not bad. No. That's a good length. Yeah. Pe- people drive into work and then they come home and then they're done with us. We like to get you while you fall asleep. <laughs> Welcome to Smuggler's Galaxy as you fall asleep, drifting. Think about the Star Wars. All of them all at once. You got anything else, Jason? Any fun facts about the micro collection? Micro machines? No. Micro machines. No, um, I did. I did at Christmas time. I, there's a local card game, uh, card uh, tabletop uh, store near my house, and they had a Shadows of the Empire three pack for twenty five bucks. And because it was the holidays, I just decided that I'd wait. But I, I went back yesterday, and they didn't have it anymore. So Aww. they don't. Nor- they don't normally sell Star Wars stuff. It was just that one time, but. Yeah, they didn't have it, so I was kind of disappointed about that. I've learned that when you see it, you got to buy it. Yeah, that's that's how it is in collecting. If you see something you don't have, you got to buy it. Otherwise, you're probably not going to see it again. It goes for Black Series. That goes, for the most part, with the vintage collection. If you don't, if you see it on the store shelves and you don't buy it, there's a good chance you're not going to see it again. Right. Um, speaking of the Black Series. The Jar Jar, is that become going to become a peg warmer or am I just getting lucky and seeing people, you know, right when they set them out in their full case? That's a great question. 
No, I'm I'm trying. To, I didn't think about that. I have seen him on on the shelves. I saw one of them on the shelf this past week. I think price is is an issue. So he's thirty bucks, unlike regular twenty bucks for the Black Series. I think twenty bucks is the sweet spot. I think Jar Jar. I think a lot of the collectors will get one Jar Jar, maybe not two. Um, just because I don't know if he's the favorite a favorite character. So I don't know. I'm not putting this as eloquently as I had hoped when you asked the question. <laughs> I'm sitting back thinking to myself, ah oh, yes, such an elegant question deserves an elegant answer, eloquent answer. And I don't know if I've given one, but I think price is an issue. I think He's not going to stay that price if he. I don't think he's going to stay on shelves if um if uh, he goes on clearance. And I I don't think he's going to be. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think he's going to be a peg warmer just because there's not a lot of product on the shelves. So if you go to Target to pick something up, um, chances are you might pick something over Jar Jar. But if Jar Jar's the only thing there, you're going to take him if you don't have him. If that makes sense. Right. No, it makes sense. I've seen him. That when I have seen Jar Jar, I've seen like six of them on the shelf, so it makes sense that they just open the case. Um, case fresh. Case fresh. So, but yeah, I, yeah, I can feel it. I'm not a Jar Jar fan, but I know people who are, and you know, even with the Zeb, when they released him at thirty dollars, it that was a sting, and I've been looking forward to that figure for a couple of years. So. But, yeah, um, I will say that the paint application on this Jar Jar, just looking at his arms, they have the detail because he's got like a swirl pattern on his arms, which I think looks great. Um, he looks like Jar Jar. He's got a, it was a good sculpt. The eyes are very detailed and you see the black um, iris of his eyes, but then there's a lot of gold and black detail around the iris. Um, I think there's a lot of detail in the fabric and uh i think it's a great figure i think it's worthy of the black series and um the rumors were that he was supposed to come out uh, a couple years ago but he's been delayed up until now Mm -hmm. so but yeah no i think it's a great a great black series figure and worthy of the 30 bucks um do i think it should have been a deluxe probably not i don't know if he needs the shield and the spear and all this other stuff they gave him but i mean yeah, it's a good figure. Yeah, well, he had to have the shield, man. He, had, you know, had to have some action to it. But oh well. Um, they should have get. They should have given him some trip action. <laughs> Either that, or done the head with the, you know, the acting's head, actor's head, where he had Jar Jar up above yeah. him. Or <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, speaking of card games, you did bring up a gaming thing. I played Cards Against Star Wars uh, last weekend. Which how was that? It was good, dude. Uh, if you like Cards Against Humanity and you like Star Wars, you'll like this. It, it did throw me for a loop because there was sort of some stuff that I had to look up. Mm-hmm. So they they definitely do a deep dive into Star Wars. Uh, so it, it was a fun game. Uh, I only played with four people. So when you play with that few, it's fun when you get like ten people playing it because it's it's a lot. There's a lot more action to it. Um, but when you're playing it with only four, it, it kind of stinks. Uh, but it was still fun. It's a fun game to have. I could, you know, if we have a hour or so to kill at one meetup, I may have to dig it out. out. Yeah. Or find a set or something. But it's a, it's a fan-made game, so it's not really, uh, you know, there, it's funny because there is some spelling errors and there are some, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's not, it's common spelling errors or, or um, shit, when you speak, 
grammar. There's grammar errors in it, you know, and it's simple stuff. So whoever did it, they didn't do a real good job fact checking stuff or yeah, I'm looking at eBay right now. There's a huge lot of these mini head busts, uh, four, five, no, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, so that's the series number. So they they released nine sets of of these transforming heads, three in a set. They want 850 bucks for them, five mm. sets, just because of the rarity, because they're mm. tough to find. Wow. There's a Spanish version here for 600 bucks. It comes with Luke, Forlom, and a Snowtrooper. So. Yeah, I mean, towards the end of the line, it got it got expensive. Wow, tough to find. Jeez, are they still? I mean, you said that the Rogue One, they were. Are they still producing them, or are they just kind of gave up on them? I think they kind of gave up on them. They've abandoned them since then, and um, yeah, you can't go to the stores and find micro machines. Well, you can find micro machines. The toy, Hasbro's brought them back the actual cars and such, but yeah, they don't have Star Wars micro machines anymore. They've kind of retired them. And you can actually, uh, if you get lucky at Ollie's, you can probably find a set, uh, the transforming play sets for, you know, six bucks or so. Ollie's is a good place to hunt, man. Yeah. Yeah, I try to go up there every so often, but it seems like we're kind of in a transitionary period where we're post-Christmas, so there's not a lot of product on shelves. Like, even at Target, Legos was kind of wiped out for a while. Lego. I shouldn't say Legos because the plural of Lego is Lego, just like the plural of Jedi is Jedi. But I digress. <laughs> they, um, yeah, stores stores have been pretty wiped out for the past few weeks, and Ollie's has been wiped out as well. So there's there's a couple of vintage collection figures that I don't, I don't have that are like ninety bucks, hundred bucks on online, and I'm hoping that. Ollie's will get the tank commander or it's one of those um, that I don't have. And then I can go pick up for five bucks. Cause there was a whole line of vintage collection that just skipped stores altogether. It was available on Hasbro pulse and I never saw it in store. Um, that was the time when the force awakens vintage collection line was clogging store shelves. And there was a lot like captain phasma. I never saw on store shelves lay about Bosch Bosch. Um, never saw her on store shelves. That's one that I still need. Uh, Luke Skywalker on crate never got on store shelves. And so, yeah, I mean, that's modern collecting. And that's why I say if you don't see it on store shelf, if you see it on store shelves, you better buy it because there's a good chance you're not going to see it again. Right. There's just no guarantee that the stock is going to be available. It seems like a lot of these stores get one case of product and you never, they never replenish it. More often, you're going to see an empty store shelf than you're going to see a fully stocked one. Right. And I, I think coronavirus has is, is played into that, too, because we had gone to a store because uh, we found my wife was looking for a card game, um, a dice game. And she had found it at the store um, downtown and we'd gone to it. And also the Ahsoka um, Forces of Destiny, they claimed to have one of, you know, if you did the Google shopping. They said they had one of those. So I was like, shit, let's go. And mm -hmm. we talked to the guy and he was just like, yeah, we're everything sucks right now because of COVID and nobody's, you know, nobody's really restocking their shelf. They, you know, the companies aren't producing stuff, so they can't stock it. And then if they do get produced, USPS is so effed up that it's taking forever for the stuff to get there. I remember um, this is just going back to stocking issues. I remember 
when the Phantom Menace came out and, and we did Midnight Madness, they had the whole front, the whole front section of the store just full of action figures. And then you would go walking and you would think that was it. And then you would go walking back to where all the action figures were in the back corner of the store. And there was another whole row of the same product on the store shelf. So if it got too crowded up front, you can go in the back and you were pretty much guaranteed to get whatever you want. And, and so when the force awakens midnight madness came around at, at Toys R Us, we were first in line. Uh, we got there two hours early, which seems insane, but it was Syracuse. So there's just not, I guess there's not a lot of people up in Syracuse like there would be in a big city like Atlanta. And uh, we were first in line. And, and I remember talking to the manager as he came out because, you know, there was a line of maybe about 40, 50 people waiting um, towards closer towards midnight. And um, he came out and, and he's like, wow, there's a lot of people here. And I'm looking back and I'm like, is, is there going to be enough for everyone? He's like, oh yeah, sure. Definitely. And so midnight rolls around and we walk in and we get to where the action figures are and maybe it's about i don't know about three feet of shelf space of of figures and there was probably about 12 pegs of figures and there was vehicles and you know all of the stuff that they offered in the force awakens but there was definitely not enough for 50 people and a lot of people left that night without getting anything and and my son and i we decided to go to walmart after we did our toys r us run and we got out of there maybe about 12 15 12 30 because we were one of the first like i said we went to Walmart and they had nothing left. And so it's just stock is an issue now with, with figures. It's not like it used to be. Well, I think they kind of got burned with, you know, yeah, they'd had so many when the prequels came out and they got stuck with it or so much stuff. So, and, and I think, um, well, I also think it's, Dis uh, I don't want to cut you off, but I no, also no. think it's part of Disney's part of the problem because they don't want to um, have too much product that, Star Wars is eating from Frozen 2, which is eating from Moana. They want to control the amount of product that hits store shelves. I mean, when the when Revenge of the Sith came out, there was like 40 different figures that were available on day one. Whereas this year alone, I think there was maybe about 16, 17 original vintage collection figures throughout the entire year. And I think we've got spoiled as collectors because we know, and I think Hasbro has caught on to the fact that if we, you know, if they overprice something, we'll just wait six months. So the joys of modern collecting. I mean, you're <laughs> damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't. Modern collecting has its issues. Um, vintage vintage collecting has its issues. You don't know if you're buying something that's reproduction or real. Even the reproduction stuff now, you know, there was a float test, but I guess even some of the repo stuff floats. If yeah. I, if it, I get that right. They, they, they're starting. It gets getting better and better the repro guys are yeah which i mean i i don't want to get into the, the the debate i'm okay with i'd be okay buying a reproduction if it was marked at the bottom of something that it's repro i don't like passing it along obviously i think a lot of people feel the same way passing it along as original if it's not and then you're paying original i think i have a problem with it when you're ripping people off Right. And, and I think that's sort of where uh, a lot of people fall. Yeah. Uh, if you can, if you can mark it saying that it's repro or if you, you know, instead of it being a black blaster, it's a hot pink or a purple. That's, you know, where a lot of people that's are, people are okay with it as long as you're not trying to rip people off. But, you know, cause I know we, we had this uh, debate at a Toylanta 
uh, a few years ago because the G.I. Joe guys, they don't care. Yeah, it's just it's unique to Star Wars. If you can't find something from a figure from the 70s that somebody will make it and they, they sell it and nobody cares. Then we're an interesting group of collectors and uh, the more people come in, you just got to trying to preserve the hobby for future generations is, is getting tougher and tougher. Because you do have more people that are come in that have the G.I. Joe mindset that are like, oh, it's no big deal to do a repo. Oh, it's my toy. Or I got in a, a debate on Facebook. Somebody, they do uh, bleaching figures, you know, yeah. so you take a And somebody was just like, you know, oh, it's okay for me to bleach my figures. And we're like, no, it's not. And then the, the admin of the group came in and totally flip-flopped his, his opinion of it. You know, he used to be against it. Now he's like, it's your figures. You do whatever you want. But he's also like, when you bleach a figure a year or two later, the yellow comes back. So uh. you're not going to, so you're not going to, uh, you're not gaining anything. It's short-term gains. Yeah. And then like, you know, Hasbro's making reproductions now with their yeah. retro collection. And so that's another issue. I mean, there's date stamps and stuff, but um, it's like, what the heck? <laughs> I don't know. Can't right. solve the problem. I'm just killing time here, I guess. So yeah, sure? we, yeah. So I think the last 20 minutes we were, we were just like, we need to give them more shit. So, uh, so so we bleed for you, you're smugglers, right. smugglers everywhere. Thanks for joining us. I, I do believe this is episode number 20, but like I said, we'll we'll figure it out later. I, I think I should do a better job keeping up with numbers because, but I I don't know. I don't know if people care or if I care or if Jason cares, but it's just. Hey, this this is it's it's awesome thanks for for joining us i'm glad you guys like listening to us rumble jason I, we hadn't done this in a minute where can they find you on social media yeah you can find me at uh wasolko.com i have links there to my facebook and uh instagram i also sell smugglers gal a uh, smugglers galaxy <laughs> <laughs> smuggler runs cards um there's this three set so if you're interested in that message me uh they're 50 bucks but they're rip uh, reproductions of what you get at galaxy's edge if you're collecting you know the the cantina menu and all the coke products that uh, the the coke balls and the dasani bottles and trying to get all the in-universe stuff from galaxy's edge i do make um uh the cards that that you get from smugglers run so if you're interested message me those are 50 bucks for all three sets or all three cards watched him over the last year try to make these things so when you hear 50 dollars, you're like oh crap but they're amazing and the the love and the detail that jason put into these things that are amazing um yeah. they, they they feel just like the real thing so if you're interested that's it and that's where you can find me find me on instagram at cajun fet uh you can find us on facebook at smugglers galaxy you can find our club at Georgia Alliance of Star Wars Collectors on Facebook. Email us at smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com. Uh, please send us an email. We'll read you, read you online. We've gotten a few good responses uh, just on comments and stuff. So thank you for that. Um, Jason, this is the way. Hey, real quick. Can you turn on a Cajun accent? Uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I, I, it, you, it comes and goes. I got to call my grandma. Can, can you say this is the way? Uh, like in your Cajun accent? Oh, shit. <sighs> <laughs> this is the way. All right. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way, chef. <laughs>